Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens came off their bye week, and man, this team, they won the total yards uh, battle in this game. Uh, the turnover differential dominated in time of possession, only allowed three points, got four sacks. Uh, man, you look at that, they came out of the bye, and they were great, man, right? No one is upset about anything from this game, right? Just a fun time at the stadium for you guys. Cold time at the stadium. It's like running around an ice castle. <laughs> I'm still defrosting. I got my hoodie on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was all right. You know the the I, I tell you what the last uh, I don't know six seven eight minutes or something that was pretty fun. A lot of defensive stops, <laughs> a lot of turnovers in the last couple minutes. It was one of those games, man. I was like I was never really that afraid that it was going to be out of reach. I think the Ravens were in control of it much of the game but man was it a throwback game throwback to the early 2000s 13 points by the offense by Lamar Jackson led offense uh, nonetheless like yikes they gotta get some stuff worked on but as far as the defense man special teams they play great never in doubt I agree with that Chris like the defense was so suffocating as we projected we would be able to do I I, I thought I was gonna get sneaky when I went and did my, uh, you know, uh, main slate DFS card. I was like, Ravens D, easy. They were the number one D that week. And I was like, oh, man, I was thinking they'd be somewhere like, you know, top five, but not like the most expensive spend. And I was like, man, this doesn't even feel sneaky. But I did it anyways. And it was still like a, a fire emoji. Did I cash? No. But that's because like, <laughs> I actually played a decent card, but uh, not not decent enough. You know how it goes. <laughs> but anyways i think we should talk about the defense first because we've actually talked about the offense a lot to start off the show even though the defense has had great performances and i felt like this week was a combination of things that we've been seeing for weeks and weeks and weeks you know as this defense has kind of re-emerged but just you know take it to another level and i think we should start off with the inside linebacker play i, I thought it was stunning like they were flying around you can see the way they play off one another. Uh, Queen and Roquan both had 100% of snaps. Queen got a half sack with Houston on one of the plays, and he's now amongst the leaders of uh, sacks for off-ball linebackers. And uh, I think you're just seeing such an elevated level of play in the middle of the field with the confidence those two have playing together that ripples throughout the rest of the defense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it wasn't just that they were on the field for 100% of the snaps. They were all over the place uh, they at least one of those guys it felt like were near the ball on almost every single play uh 19 combined total tackles for the two in the game both of them led the team uh like you said the half sack for queen sack for smith it, it, it's what we wanted to see it's what we wanted to to see patrick queen paired with and we're getting huge early returns from this guy it's it's almost marcus peters-esque level the return of investment we're getting on these first two games for smith of course he's not having the turnovers that Peters did, but that wasn't what we were expecting from him. That's not what we were expecting him to bring to this defense. But of course we can also temper this and say with, yes, they were playing Carolina. They were playing arguably one of the worst offensive attacks in the NFL, possibly the worst, but still you got to commend them for dominating in the matchup as they should have. And, and they did. And you know, this is move is really feeling like, a great move to solidify the rest of this defense as we projected it would be. And hopefully they can continue to build on it. Cause you got Smith and queen 
running around there. And in addition to, to that, we're seeing week in and week out, this pass rush continue to be a strength of the defense and really become alive as we continue to get more guys healthy and just more guys uh, comfortable playing with each other in this new scheme. Yeah, it's really good. Um, you know, I, I really love what McDonald's doing with the inside linebackers um, a, a lot more in like the pass rush. I think that, you know, we maybe didn't see as much from Wink. You know, I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. It may have been with Bynes at the time. I don't think we had Roquan. Um, but I love these like, um, you know, bring one of the inside linebackers as like the fifth uh, blitzer and then sort of do another delayed blitz behind dropping one of the outside linebackers back um sort of like a kind of a feigning the rush to one side and then overloading the center or overloading like you know the the right guard or or whatever it is you know I think uh I think that was the play that Queen and Houston actually shared that sack it was a very similar one Rocom was kind of on that delayed blitz behind Queen um a lot of plays like that are just you know really creative just really um you know really fresh really new and uh it seems to be working pretty well so far um, for the couple times we've done it. Obviously, I think the defensive line is also playing at a much higher level. Um, even you know some of the outside linebacker play we'll get to in a second, but I think a lot of guys are playing at a high level now, and uh, you know it feels like we really have a lot of uh, pieces almost at every level now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to hold any team to three points is awesome. Uh, you'd love to see a zero, uh, but it, that is hard to do. Just because every kicker isn't Justin Tucker doesn't mean that they can't make field goals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's 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 good to see. Um, before we get the linebackers, though, feel like I feel like we should talk about the next guy here, Alec, because um, you know, it was one of these guys I think that you were really excited about mid-game. Um, Kyle Hamilton, talk about him. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Hamilton uh, was having. I thought he was going to be a potential MVP of the game. He just was playing really hot, and it looked like to me that he was going to get something. Like I just, I felt he was going to make a major play. And you know, shout out to Yoshi man on Twitter because I had I had questions and he had tweets already. You know, and I went to the tweet <laughs> and I looked at it and I was able to figure it out. So you know, you can look at the game book like anyone else and say, all right, Hamilton had 37% of the snaps, but what was his split? Because he got hurt, you know? What was the split? He would have had 70% at that point uh, of the snaps he was available to play in. And the guy he was, even went, went down swinging. He made impact on that last play where he got hurt. And one of the things I saw out of him was really solid recognition and solid tackling and also just like, nastiness and persistence high motor so you know even he was getting blocked in a screenplay he was driving back towards the ball carrier through the blocker to disrupt the play i mean and the guy's just so big and lanky like that's how we knew it was him that got hurt because it's like no one else on the field has that like weird body shape he's like (laughs) an alien and uh (laughs) i i i am just so happy to see the report saying that you know he's trying in the right direction the knee is stable etc uh because I would have wept, you know, <laughs> like if his season was over. I mean, I'm so in the bag for this guy at this point, and, and he's playing so well that he's fun. And I, that's why I expected out of him. I expected when we picked him up, he'd be fun to watch. And that's what's so exciting is that I think he's going to bring that Raven. I mean, we're seeing it with even the pieces that are already there, but that Ravens defense, just fun, electric playmaking, comes out of nowhere to do something because of recognition skills, et cetera, that 
you know, we just haven't had in a while. We haven't had that fun bef- like for a long time, even though, you know, you got guys like Marlon Humphrey who are good or players like that, but they're not, um, they're just like, I don't know, they play within the scheme where I guess like safeties can kind of freestyle a little bit, you know, or they're, you know, they kind of, they come out, of, I feel like they come out of nowhere more often in a way. And uh, maybe because they're off the screen in the broadcast view. And I, that's what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, he's playing well and, that's that's all, man. I'm just I'm glad he'll be back. You know, he might miss a week or two, but uh, I think he'll be available, and that's uh, what's important down the long stretch. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't fully agree that uh, the players like Humphrey and and Peters and uh, yeah, they could jump other people's routes. That's fair, I guess. I guess I, I always imagine them playing zones more, whereas like safeties, like almost by definition, are sure, yeah. Or I mean. Like, they, the other guys play zone more. Yeah. I do think it's it's certainly fair to say that if not for the fact that the Ravens uh, picked up Marcus Williams in the offseason, we could say that Kyle Hamilton is the most exciting Raven safety to come along since Ed Reed. I mean, that's what we're expecting from Hamilton and, and Williams, and hopefully he can come back soon because as good as the defense is right now, I mean, it can only... We, we wanted that it's absolute uh, highest strength. We want Hamilton out there. We want Williams out there. Um yeah, these pass, it feels like every game you're seeing more and more confidence from Hamilton. It's surprise, it was surprising to me that he wasn't, that he was only on the field for 70% of his projected snaps. It, every, I think every time he was on the field, he made a play because you, you were always seeing him. You were, it felt like you were seeing him as much as you're seeing Smith and Queen. As we discussed already, Smith and Queen were actually there on every play. And, Another thing, he's definitely looking like he's more confident. He's more sure of himself. There was at one point in the broadcast they pointed out, and I forgot to write down when it is in the game, um, but listeners probably know what I'm referring to because, like I said, the announcer specifically called it out where where Hamilton was was calling calling out that the, the Panthers were setting up a screen. He was at his uh, hand pointed, was calling it out that that was the look that the Panthers were going to give, and that's what they did, and that was a, a stop for no gain. The, it's a little thing like that that I don't think we were seeing from Hamilton early in the year, which makes sense. He was learning the NFL game. He was learning the scheme. And the Ravens were trying to figure out the best spot to put him in. And, you know, I, it, he still has uh, some work to do. But like we said, he's improving every week. So I'm really excited to see this guy back on the field. Like we said, hopefully this is something that is is a small deal. And hopefully the Ravens can be smart with this injury because we'll need him long-term uh, for this season uh, on the field with Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark. I think that I still want the three of them there. I don't want him, I don't want him getting Clark off the field, but uh, putting all three of them on the field for over uh, two-thirds of, the, of a defensive game plan, man, that, that could play some high dividends in the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs passing attack, Buffalo Bills passing attack. And the sky's the limit for for that type of a safety tandem. I, if Hamilton reaches even, you know, first round projection light, Kyle Hamilton by the end of the season, you're looking at the best uh, safety tandem, safety trio in Ravens history going into the playoffs. That's got to make you feel really good going up against these top aerial flights that you'll have to uh, defend against in those games. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, right now, yeah, it seems like Hamilton is just like sort of. It's it's kind of like uh, it was kind of like Geno uh, Stone playing uh, playing like the threes in the preseason. He just seemed like way overmatched. <laughs> um, 
you know, Alec, it's funny you mentioned that one play of um, him blowing up that screen. I, re- I remember watching that play too. That was DJ Moore. He literally just nice. drove DJ Moore like five yards back. And then I think it was like Shy Smith or somebody behind Shy Smith or Chenault or something behind on that screen. And yeah, it was like a no gain or a tackle for loss because of that recognition and just the strength to push him back. <laughs> you know, just like plays like that where it's just like it's not fair to have a 6-5, you know, safety just coming down on you. It's just a complete physical mismatch. But yeah, we'll 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 have to see how he's how he's doing. I mean, the the thing for me is just because he is so tall, you know, I'm not saying this is the injury or anything, but one of the things I think he will have to, you know, have to deal with basically is um, you know, being that tall and, and being able to have to block some of those smaller guys can have some like potential for foot injuries. I know Jimmy Smith had some of those issues. Um, I think he was, I think it may have been the list Frank. I think that he had when he, I think he was just like run blocking something like that. And he like couldn't put the weight on his foot and just ended up messing him up like that. So, I mean, when I saw Hamilton got hurt, I was a little worried that it might be that, uh, it doesn't sound like it is. Thank God. But yeah, it's you know one thing that kind of in the back of my mind, I was just like, oh man, really hope it's not that. But but yeah, regardless, Hamilton's playing great. Hope he's back soon. Yes, yeah, as far as the other safeties, man, just everything looked really great. You know, it's one of those things. Like I think I saw a couple of tackles from Gino, not too much. Chuck, almost the same thing. It's it seems like he's kind of going through the Marcus Peters thing right now, where it's just you know you don't see him that much in terms of like splash plays, but the ones you do are kind of the negative penalty plays which is really unfortunate. But, uh, you know, I've seen Chuck in a lot of the, the condensed game. He's in a lot of uh, a lot of tackles in the box. <laughs> Let's just say he's he's in the middle of the scrum. He's active. He's clearly there, um, you know, doing his job, even if it's not showing up, showing up on the stat sheet. So, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, once we get Marcus Williams back, man, it's going to be we're, – we're, we're going we're gonna to really uh, – hit 110 percent on this defense i'm really excited and one other thing we have to make sure that we uh call out with the safety group um we we know we talked about how hamilton went down obviously in the game and brandon stevens had to come in and replace him and again we talked about yes it's the carolina panthers this offense is struggling mightily uh they have like no one who really can play with this ravens defense but still we've saw uh, several times in the early season there we would have an injury to the secondary and uh, someone would have to, to step in. Uh, in some cases, it was Stevens. Other times, it was, the, it was the two rookie corners. And the offense would would attack that and to negative results for the defense. And, you know, while, while Stevens did give up a couple plays on the final drive, I mean, the game, the game was over by then. You know, the Ravens had won it, so I'm, I'm not going to ding him for that. But, you know, he came in and... Held the helped hold the fort down, and again, that's what we're expecting him to do. But still, since that's been such a a trouble spot for this defense, I think we do have to make sure that we call that out and acknowledge it as another thing that went well in this game, uh, an aspect of this team that we were looking for this uh, coaching staff uh, to improve on and figure out a solution to better address those inevitable changes that are going to happen in a season when you have in-game injuries. And at least in this instance, uh, the Ravens had that injury and weren't, didn't break a sweat. They continued to put up the same dominant performance that they did uh, when Hamilton was in there. I guess before Chris kind of goes into the next topic, I do, I do want to say a couple things about uh, this to like kind of wrap up the segment. 
One thing about Chuck Clark, I want to keep an eye on him because it sounds like he had an injury in the chest area, and we saw him like come off the field gripping his his chest area, his ribs, uh, and favoring it. Uh, he continued to play, obviously, and, and not miss any snaps, but he continued to have that problem uh, in the you know after the game because he could have had a speech or something apparently, and he didn't want to talk because <laughs> like, you know it kind of hurt. <laughs> Which is like interesting as well because of the green dot. You know, imagine he has to shout things out and stuff. So like, keep an eye on that. And then the other thing too is like, Hamilton is able to get this level of snaps because he's basically playing uh, a quarterback role for the team. And when he got injured, the reason we saw Stevens come in is because he had to play outside corner and they moved Marlin into the inside. So it's interesting. Like when we do that, it changes Marlin's assignment, which is as expected. But like, I think worth pointing out. So pretty cool that Marlon was able to get that interception uh later in the game what appeared to be on the outside I guess maybe he started off the slot I forget how the game how that play started but yeah definitely it's nice that he has that versatility to kind of help us out because no one if we actually kept Marlon on the outside I think the defense would be worse off in total because the inside would be much more vulnerable so Chris where do you want to go next man I feel like we could talk about a bunch of other players um you know, I we kind of just mentioned them now, but just again, yeah, Marlon, uh, Marcus, great games from them. Saw some turnovers. Um, I keep the one just all the shit on Boger because I feel Pound like we're going to say that, but just like, man, that fumble that was so very clearly a fumble, and it's just so upsetting that they wouldn't let the play continue because that was a touchdown right there that would have covered. Uh, <laughs> you know, if if. if uh, Marlon was just able to pick up that ball and just run it back in the end zone. It was a clear lane, but um, but yeah, no, I mean it's good though. to see. Alec Hubbard, he warned us that this was going to be a Jerome Boger officiated game. We didn't take that into consideration with the spread. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like we talked about it, we said it'd be a, a a piece of the puzzle, but I didn't think it was going to cost us so many darn points. Like it really did cost us actually a decent amount of points too, because you remember that. Uh, that hold that that somewhat sus hold on Prochet, uh that was called we would have been at the like the, the Moses the Moses oh yeah face the Moses mask. the Moses the, yeah the, the Moses, Moses face mask oh uh, yeah yeah so we're already getting into Boger corner I guess it's part of the defense because <laughs> he was playing yeah, defense yeah, yeah. against our offense <laughs> oh man yeah. I don't know another guy man okay another guy because I feel like we got to go to the offense soon but another guy I want to talk about defense Bowser man it's great to have him back I just say like. I think all of our outside linebackers, I think generally play run defense pretty well. Even Owe, who's not really having a great season, uh, particularly in the pass rush department, I think he does okay in run defense. It's something that I really like to kind of watch him do. But Bowser, man, totally different level. Just It's just awesome. He can set the edge. He can make the shoestring tackles, tackle for loss. He was doing a lot of that yesterday. And even in the pass rush, man, he's not going to be the fastest guy, but he's got a good bull rush. He can collapse the pocket. He was uh, forcing Baker to step up and in some cases, like, run into some other guys. Um, love to see him play. It's just great to have him back. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You look at his his stats. He's not making the stats yet um, so far. Apparently didn't record any stats against New Orleans and uh, just two total tackles. Uh, it, it did get us um, stuff for loss in the game, but... I agree. You watched him play, though. 
he he's looking like his usual self. He's looking like he's getting his legs back under him. I'm expecting in a couple of weeks he's going to start making uh, some big impact plays. And it's just really great that the Ravens were able to re-sign this guy. We've obviously talked about what happened with Zedarius, what happened with Judon, even McPhee before him. Luckily, the Ravens were able to, to retain Bowser and he's just going to continue to be a cornerstone of this defense. Uh, just a great player who can do it all, not just pass rush, like you said. So I'm really excited to see how he continues to come along. And and again, like we keep saying, this pass rush, we're seeing them uh, have success with Tyus not at 100% strength yet, no Ajabo yet. It's looking a lot better. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm really glad to see Bowser playing well. It, it is good to see that basically everyone's come back from this major injury is playing at a darn good level. And it looks like they they did the time that they needed to do, and they're looking good. I guess the only exception to that would be Dobbins in a way, but uh, you always can't blame him because like one way to break up scar tissues to play more. So <laughs> <laughs> the other way is to get surgery. And I'm I mean we're getting close to his four weeks being up, so maybe we'll see him soon. And uh, yeah, like just Bowser playing well. I did do a bit of an away watch. He played forty percent of the snaps usually against Aquanu. Uh, he drew a false start against Aquanu. That doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But, uh, you know, Aquanu was definitely respecting his speed and trying to get out of his set extra fast. But when you got guys like Pierre Paul and Houston, and obviously, I guess, Bowser, too, playing at such a high level and getting more snaps than him, you can't be that mad. Like, those guys are all playing really well. And I think it's one of those things where we just have a lot of solid options there. And... The idea will be like we need to see Owe take advantage of these limited snaps he's getting and really just dial it in and, and get after the quarterback and just make huge impact while he is out there. That's what the other guys are doing. So I don't know if we'll be able to get much more of a snap percentage. Like forty percent doesn't seem that wrong. I think you know if he gets the forty-five, that's that's great. It's just it's more about that production and that splashiness when he is out there. Yeah, um, and I think another thing we just have to remember is, for whatever reason, Ravens outside linebackers, these these pass rushers, it takes them a while to develop. Always in his second season, we just talked about Bowser. Bowser's second year in the league was atrocious. Uh, The guy hardly had any impact, just a half a sack, uh, no starts, one tackle for loss, one QB hit. Uh, I mean, and his rookie season was, you know, he made some impact plays, interception, a couple sacks few more uh, quarterback hits than his rookie year I, I wouldn't I would say you know in a similar vein to Owe Owe made some splash plays I think Owe's uh, plays were made in a little more opportune situations little more impact in higher leverage games than than Bowser's was but it wasn't really till second half of 2019 that Bowser started to to take off and start showing the player that he is today and I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen to Owe but I know for myself personally, while understandably some fans are really starting to lose some patience with with Owe, I'm I, I think that the track record the Ravens have had recently with these edge rushers and you know getting them to it, it takes a little bit, but they're getting production out of them eventually. Uh, I, I I still have hope that he'll get there. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but there's still a shot. I agree though. For this year, we got to see more, but uh, luckily. There's going to be some opportunities for him simply just because when he's on the f- when he's on the field, even if it's low or snaps, 
he's going to be there with a, a bunch of guys who can also rush the pass rush. I mean, gosh, going into the season, we were talking about this team as OA might be the only uh, healthy pass rusher we would have, and and that certainly isn't the case now. So kind of look at that coin from two sides. But yeah, I agree. We're still still waiting to see more from OA, but the pass rush in general is still forming well in, in spite of his struggles this year. And if we're talking about the pass rush, you know, we've talked a little bit about Justin Houston. I think we also got to shout out uh, Jason Pierre-Paul for really being uh, the closer of the game, really. Uh, just on that final drive, got a, a sack and then uh, a excellent interception when the ball was deflected by... I, I forget who it was deflected by because the camera watching the broadcast, I don't know if you guys had a better view of it at the stadium. The broadcast camera did not pick it up well, but <laughs> that ball was deflected and, and JPP got a an excellent... Uh, catch there to, to seal the game so you got to give some props there for the for the, the big vet there uh putting on the juice at the end there to, to close out the the win for the ravens yeah i think it was project washington uh if i recall that got the uh they got the tip but yeah uh been like i said been you know i think everybody's been playing really well yeah i feel like this week i noticed jpp a little bit more uh than previous weeks just the guy i haven't really been watching too much of but uh but yeah um, certainly, yeah, pass rush is still is performing very well um, under Mike McDonald. I think we're at was that something like 31 sacks, I think, on the season or something. We had 34, 35 last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're doing we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I just rewatched it. It was Broderick Washington, his late season breakout that I called on uh, Jason's uh, stream, which I was told I was told it, he already broke out. He's already doing his thing, which I know. But like I said, he would have more splash plays. That's like that's one of those, I guess. So uh, yeah, really nicely executed there. Good to put it away too. You know they were driving. Can't let them get some garbage time points. Like defense showed up one more time, and I really love it. I think we need to go to the next GIF or not GIF, I guess, but a uh, meme in our <laughs> show doc. The first meme was Ravens win didn't cover with the crying girl, you know, totally depressed. The next meme first world problems. <laughs> I don't know about this one. I don't know. I don't know what this meme is. Someone's gonna have to explain. Peter, I think you're the meme boy. So <laughs> I I am not an expert in memes at all, but it's I, I'm guessing this is from some film and it's oh, got this, this is from uh this is from uh was it Narcos? <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe it's something I should watch someday. I don't know, but it's got this like middle aged guy, and he's just he's just kind of glum. He's sitting here on a swing. He's sitting here on a table. <laughs> I'm are, describing something man, that probably like ninety eight percent of people. Where are you guys? It's Pablo Escobar <laughs> from Narcos. Come on, man. Yeah, this I, is I, bad. I usually usually Alex the guy who doesn't get movie references. This is bad here. If both both if I'm on Alex side here. Jeez. Anyway, right, Chris, yeah, explain Ravens the meme fans. and let me and explain if I used it correctly. <laughs> It's the Pablo Escobar meme. Ravens fans waiting for a touchdown, and yes, it is a it is a very good application of said meme. I feel really weird explaining this because we're all we all should be millennials on the show who know memes, but I guess you know not all of us are, so you know whatever. But yeah, no, it took it took what it took until like man the halfway through the fourth quarter before we got a touchdown. It was crazy. I mean, you know. Peter over here calling for five Ravens to get a touchdown. I'm over here calling for a Jackson five. We could barely get one. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man, it was interesting. I, I tell you, so, I mean, the, when I made my score prediction, the, the game that came to mind of what I thought we were going to see was um, 
2012. It wasn't the game after the bye week, but the game right after. Uh, the Ravens home against the Raiders. I'm pretty sure the Ravens won that one 55 to 20. That was the one where where so, one of the Raiders defenders was like getting up in Anquan Bolden's face and he just he just pointed at the scoreboard and just walked away. It was great. Um, but if you guys remember that game, I mean, just it was just like everyone got to do their thing that game. You know, Flacco spread the ball around like there were so many different players got touchdowns defense. Everyone was making plays. Ravens are doing so well that they, that they were like, you know, what the heck? On this extra point attempt, let's just snap the ball directly to Sam Cook and he'll run into say, the end zone. I was going to say points. Sam <laughs> Cook got one. Yeah, that's what I was expecting we were going to get. You know, the Bengals basically did that to the Panthers two weeks ago, and I'm just like, we got a better roster than the Bengals. We can do that. And what we got instead was another a repeat of another 2012 game, but instead it was that Bizarro game in Kansas City, which the Ravens won nine to six on field goals. It was like, I don't know. It, I don't. No, if I can think, aside from that game, a more frustrating game to watch where the Ravens never trailed. That's the other so bonkers thing about this game is just like, you know, there was a lot of impatience from the fan base watching it, understandably. And it's like the Ravens never trailed. And yet we were expecting this offense to be able to do so much against this defense. I know that there are good players on the Panthers defense, and I'm not trying to discredit them. But at the same time, for most of the games this year, it has not been hard for offenses to score against the Carolina Panthers. Yet it was this Sunday for the Ravens, and maybe it was the win, maybe it was the boger, I don't know what. But, <laughs> you know, it's they did win the game, but at the same time, you're just like, oh, man. That's not the most uh, encouraging performance out of the bye. <laughs> I was wondering, it might be a weather thing. You know, the Eagles, the other bird team in the area, barely won. They beat uh, the Colts by a single point. Similarly pathetic, in my opinion. You know, a game that you think they would have ran up and won. And I was like, maybe it's the weather. But it looks like that game was at the Colts, which no weather there. So never mind. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely frustrating. And also, like, I got to talk about this. You know, when I talk to Joey Pallone, he hates the boards because it doesn't give you the natural light lines anymore. And then I learned that the that the boards have created this wind tunnel, like, chilling effect in the stadium, which mm-hmm. I can't have. Get rid of yeah, the boards. Yeah, they were talking about that in, on the, the broadcast. Get rid of the boards. Yeah. Up team, get rid of the boards. I, I don't care, Bashadi. You know, you oh, I've always them. hated the boards. Sell the boards and pay Lamar. I solved it. There's your money. You, you can find <laughs> all the money in escrow by selling the boards. You can give them to oh, another man. beautiful stadium. Send like, it to Pittsburgh. If, yeah, give it to Pittsburgh. They need F it up that wind tunnel even more. <laughs> like, I say no more boards. You know, if I want to look at fancy points, I have a phone for that. You know, maybe improve the wireless infrastructure at the stadium. These are all things you could do, but don't give me no board. A messing up the like you know the beautiful pictures that Joey and the rest of the crew could take, and uh, making us all colder. <laughs> Can't have that. <laughs> you know, we won't have Tucker forever, and then the next kickers have to deal with this swirling wind and not know what to do with himself. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a problem for a pod many years down the line, hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, offense overall, man, just, it was, you know, it's a little frustrating. I, I can't say, like, Andrews Andrews looked relatively healthy. He got a little bit involved. I think the Panthers had a good game plan to kind of keep him away for the most part. Gosh, I, a couple of plays in particular, I mean, they had like four or five guys on Andrews trying to get him down. Um, they were, I think the Panthers overall played very disciplined on defense. Um, definitely a lot better, I think, than even I expected going into the game. 
Still can't name most of the players on this defense, to be honest. Uh, but I tell you what, I mean, I think they all played extremely well. I don't think that there was a single guy that I kind of that was out there that didn't play, you know, uh, uh, very well in that defense uh, yesterday. You know, I think the biggest thing for me, man, uh, it's a Bateman injury. It's just like with Bateman, Gus, and and Dobbins, it's just it really. I think it really does limit this offense a little bit. You know, and that isn't a knock on the rest of the guys for not stepping up. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, we're going to talk about him in a second, but he had a heck of a game uh, being the number one receiver for uh, for Lamar. Um, and it's kind of been, it, it's been waiting. He's been getting the targets, uh, but it's just, you know, Lamar not being accurate or him not getting open or, you know, it's just the yardage wasn't there or anything. But this game, it was kind of all put together. But that being said, like, between him, between Andrews, just it wasn't really enough playing against you know a really stout defense that the Panthers were are deploying um so yeah I mean unfortunately I don't think Bateman's not coming back this year but we got to find ways to get some of these other options back and we got to find some ways of, of using them more effectively to try to open up a little bit more because yeah it was just it was tough sledding for both offenses yesterday for sure you know Lamar managed to throw and complete 72 percent of his passes he had a couple drops in there, the INT, and it kind of makes you blow your mind that like this wasn't efficient enough to make it work. But it wasn't because a decent amount of those, I would love to see like a split, but I think a decent amount of them were dump offs that didn't go anywhere, you know, no yak. And then similarly, the run game. The run game was terrible until very late in the game. They were not able to run with any level of efficiency and it'd be those those classic problems man where you would be like all right it's second and six and you'd run and it's stuffed and it's now third and six and the playbook looks a lot different when it's third and six than when it's third and three and like things like that so it just i think the lack of gus being able to fall forward like no matter what hurt us in this game and also just the fact that you gotta give credit where credit's due. We talked about this a lot during the preview of how like the Panthers are underrated. Like I'm telling you, man, their defense is better than people give them credit for. And I think it was on full display that they have playmakers. They're able to play really well, particularly that front seven played really well all game long. Great game plan, just smashing the edges, playing disciplined ball, not you know letting they were following the poolers to a T. I think that was the number one thing. They were following the poolers really well, and and it was just good. You know, they played really well, and it, it made us not effective in the run game, and so many things fall apart when this team can't run the ball well. Yeah, and I, I, I think it all does, for me, it all does all boil down to that right there, just that the Ravens were unable to establish the run. Um, and I agree with you, what you're saying with the Panthers. I, I still also counter with the fact that Aside from Tampa Bay and Atlanta, they've have been unable to hold an offense to under 19 points uh, in a game this season. Uh, I think the Ravens still should have scored more, but I, it was tough for them to do that when, unlike last season, when the Ravens were able to establish the game through the air uh, due to injuries this season causing, you know, obviously Bateman's out for the year. He was in and out of the lineup before that. Andrews has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Lamar really hasn't had the luxury of having 
a go-to target week in and week out to develop that that chemistry, uh, the Ravens have had to, to fall back to relying a lot on the running game, and it's incredible how well they've been able to do given the amount of, of injuries and limited games for Dobbins, for Gus, the bus. Um, Drake's been there all year, but his better games have been in, in plus matchups, <laughs> let's be honest, and it still doesn't take anything away from him because that wasn't even what we were getting last year from uh, the journeyman running back. So uh, he is an upgrade there. But yeah, it just seemed to me that they started out trying to pass the ball, which I didn't mind. I know some fans um, countered that they would have liked to see the Ravens try and run there. I thought it was a nice opportunity to to catch the Panthers off guard. And it, it would have worked because they were getting the looks they wanted. It just, once they got over midfield, there was the drop by Prochet and the the slight overthrow to Andrews where Andrews just couldn't quite corral it and that killed the drive. But yeah, I, I, I think that the inability, not just for the Ravens to really not have terribly effective ground game, but also Lamar. The Panthers did a really good job of, of containing Lamar. He still got his runs, but there were multiple times where Lamar... Uh, did moves and and was around in the backfield in areas where he was a- usually able to lull defenders to sleep, particularly against a unit that hasn't played him before, and and get those yards. And the Panthers were able to stop him for little gain or behind the line of scrimmage in a couple instances. So yeah, I think inability to establish the run and also Chris brings up a good point too: the loss of Bateman, uh, the deep passing game. They, I don't know if the Ravens attempted a pass over twenty five yards in the game. Demarcus Robinson had a great game, uh, career high in receptions for him, uh, his second game ever with 100 yards receiving. Um, his career game is apparently a six-catch, 172-yard, two-touchdown performance against Oakland week two of 2019. So uh, not his best game as a pro, but certainly the one where he got the most receptions. It, most of them were, you know, short slants, out routes, nothing deep. <laughs> and we were still not seeing any of that of the Demarcus Robinson we saw in that final preseason game, which, you know, we said was something we had to accept was a likelihood. But yeah, without Bateman out there, they they don't have a a consistent guy that they can do that with. And that's going to condense the defense and make it harder to, to, to run or to stack the box. And that's also a variable in what we saw there. Just, you know, the Ravens didn't challenge deep, so the Panthers uh, didn't have to uh, didn't have to play it. Yeah, you bring up a good point, Peter. I think um, you know another kind of credit to the Panthers as well. Um, their t- yeah, their tackling I think was extremely good. Yeah, they really took away that one you know kind of X factor to Lamar's game of just being able to escape the pocket, buy time, and either run and pick up a first down or find somebody and be able to throw the ball off. Um, there were a couple of them were just like, you know, it just seemed like for a split second, Lamar might have had a window where he could have just taken off. Um, there was one, I think, where we were backed up inside our own 10-yard line, and I think there was a seam, I think, on the right side, and I thought, like, oh, Lamar, you can go off. And then he, like, bursts a little bit, but then he looks to kind of set his feet again to try and find somebody. And then at that point, it's too late. He has two defenders closing in on him, tries to juke one of them out, but they end up tackling him. I think it was it might have been a sack or at least a, a no-gain run on that play, but... Yeah, there were a lot of them like that, man. It just, I, I don't, I, I don't fault the Ravens. I think from like a game plan perspective, given the wind, as far as like having a deep passing game, it's you know the weather is a factor. Um, you know, you kind of hate to say that, but like 
It really, I really think it was, and I don't blame them for that. I think it could have been effective, you know, given, you know, a few little things in terms of execution. I think the game plan could have been a little bit more effective. Um, but that being said, I, I think the one thing I'd really like to see a little bit more of is more of the just like the, you know, just the the drills of, of Lamar's escape in the pocket. Okay, who can get open down the field? Um, give somebody you know, give Lamar the space to be able to make a throw downfield and we'll make a play on the ball. Um, I just feel like they're, aside from maybe like Andrews at this point, I feel like there aren't that many players, I think, who can consistently get open when Lamar is trying to escape the pocket, uh, escape a sack. Um, that's the thing for me. Is like I I feel like he's just holding the ball a little bit too long. I, you know, I'd love to check more of the film to kind of see if, you know, if that is something consistently that shows up, you know, whether it's on Lamar, whether it's on the receivers. Um, but I, I truly think like at this point, like it's not about the, it's not necessarily about the speed to get open, but it's more about like, okay, offensive line needs to block. Lamar can escape the pocket. He can buy time. He can make the throws. We know he can, but we just need guys to be able to, you know, find the right spots in the zone to be able to make these plays. Because at that point, like if you can make those consistently, I mean, that's how you you turn third downs into first downs, right? You know, Lamar had a handful of them on Sunday. Um, You know, I'm not going to say that it was non-existent, but we need more of those, especially when the offense isn't really, you know, playing, you know, efficient football. Yeah, it didn't help that the offensive line play was non-remarkable, for the lack of a better word. You know, they just didn't seem to really be bullying people off the off the line in any in any way, shape, or form, and we saw some bad penalties you know the the level of which that it was uh deserved you know varied <laughs> but there were penalties there and yeah you know, bro linderbaum home game had another bad back-to-back sequence where uh i forget the order exactly but it was something like delay of game yeah that's what it was it was a delay of game and then there was the bad snap in the back-to-back sequence and you know we've been seeing this delay of game far too often from this team and this one was at home and i thought they shouldn't have that problem at home it's really weird man i feel like it's a couple games in a row and in particular it's like it's that sequence it's like a delay of game and then a bad snap afterwards with it's just it's and it almost always happens near the end of the game i just yep it's yeah it's really yeah, it's like it, it's a little concerning at this point. Um, obviously, like he's played well for most of the time, but it's just like it, it seems like these like weird little mental lapses, which you know, uh, considering that we've you know had some questionable center play in late in the postseason, uh, that makes me a little scared. Yeah, and I think that is a good transition to something I wanted to talk about here because. We're looking at this game, and obviously the the big headline is only 13 points against this Carolina Panthers defense coming off the bye. But as a whole, you know, we were seeing the Ravens offense make some strides before the bye, and you don't want to overblow what happens in in just one game. But there are some things I think you have to learn from every game because you only get 17 now. A very small sample size, especially when you consider other sports, um, how many games teams have to, to look at these guys and see how things are working. And 
I wanted to look at this game and, and look at what are the what are the offensive issues that happen in this game that are you know what is it was it just a product of this game the specific matchup game conditions whatever and what are things that the Ravens are more serious and could prop up and pose more of an issue going forward and I do think when you bring up the center uh, issue here that one I think is is kind of concerning to me because as you said this was an issue that had popped up. Uh, in previous weeks, going into the bye, you're at home. You just came off a bye. This seems like something that uh, I would imagine the coaching staff wanted to work with with Linderbaum and the line on. Um, maybe I'm wrong, uh, and and yet it was it was still an issue. That one to me is a little concerning, and I think would have still been concerned even if the Ravens had won this game by a lot of points. Because, like you said, Chris, this we've had this issue in the playoffs before, where. Uh, no one needs to be reminded of the Buffalo game. I'm not saying the Ravens would have won that game, but that that errant snap certainly uh, shut the door on any reasonable hope of a comeback in that game for not just because of the field position loss, but the injury to Lamar as well. So, yeah, that one was a little concerning. And I I think another thing that was concerning, you know, um, not to jump, we can still talk about this topic if there's more to discuss, but also... Again, you know, against the Saints and the Bucks, we saw the Ravens get back in the end zone. But before those two games, there was the issue of red zone offense and just converting. And we saw that real its head again. And I think we already hit on some of it with the Bateman injury and, and others. But yeah, that, that that was another thing that to me, like, you know, something that I, I think we don't want to take too much of from just one game. But also it's like, OK, that came back. And that was something we thought the Ravens had fixed. And now, okay, we're having issues in the red zone again. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts of uh, issues on the offense that were you view as not just issues of this specific game, but stuff that the Ravens will still need to clean up going forward. Totally. Yeah, this was a topic I kind of wanted to bring up of like, this is the game people are going to circle and they're going to come back to and they're going to say, see, this is what... This is what you where you could have told that the Ravens were not going to be able to pr- <laughs> proceed. You know, this is this is it. Like, how'd you guys not know? Like, how'd you not know? I knew. You know, <laughs> that, the, that the Ravens were going to fail in the playoffs and have a flat game. They 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 were flat against the Panthers, and, and and crap like that. This is this is totally the game. But the good news is, I think the Ravens like. It seems like those early losses. Hardball talked about it as presser this week. The early losses really gave them a sense of urgency to like keep being frustrated and hungry and mad and wanting to improve and fix these things, even when they're winning. Cause it's easy to brush things under the rug when you're winning and say, ah, it's fine. We won. And I don't think this team's going to do that. And I'm not saying they did it in 2019, but I just think it's, it's a focus still. And, you know, I thought another thing that was interesting for the presser this week was they, they asked him about Lamar punting the ball after that uh, delay of game and kind of like, wondering uh his thoughts and harbaugh looked you know a little uneasy with almost the question or like the the moment and he's like yeah you know i have to talk to lamar about that because it's kind of on me for letting that happen in practice but they could have called a delay a game on that antic you know it's just something that we can't we can't be allowing anymore so i have to like cut down on it and we can't let that happen anymore because uh, you know, it's not appropriate or whatever. And I just thought that was interesting too, because I'm glad like that's a smaller example in a way, but it's an example of them saying, even though we won, we got to correct these things. 
and not let it, you know, persist. So even small things about how you practice and how it translates to the game for just, uh, you know, raw emotional reaction is something worth noting that they're, they're keeping an eye on. That's funny. Like part of, like, <laughs> I don't want to belabor that because I do want to get back to, to Peter's point, but um, <laughs> part of me was actually kind of wondering as you were mentioning that, Alec, if like, I, I agree with you. I, I watched the interview as well. And I, I do, I do tend to think that it was probably more, genuine but in the back of my mind i'm wondering if like that also could be just like a john just sort of crafting <laughs> something because i would totally <laughs> throw off the media and just say because i you know i'm i'm sure i'm sure man uh i'm sure the fan is going to be talking about this i'm sure some other people are going to be talking about that moment from Harbaugh and be like oh lamar's not a leader and like whatever and yeah. like, <laughs> I, I sort of like i sort of get it but also like you know whatever not a big deal like all things considered i would much rather fix the center play i want to figure out the red zone offense um there's so many more more important things i think to deal with the team but anyway to transition what you were uh, saying peter around like you know what are my concerns moving forward um yeah i mean red zone i I think red zone offense in general I, i i think honestly it's it's just really the question of like i don't think the ravens expected bateman to be hurt I think he was going to be he was supposed to be a big part of this offense um I don't think it's a surprise now that he's um gone that Duvernay is also getting fewer opportunities um particularly in the past game I, I just I don't really think I don't really think he's like a replacement for Bateman I think he is kind of that x factor and like if you have some two solid options on the outside you can have bait you can have um Duvernay exploits some matchups. You can get him involved a little bit more in the run game. Um, he can kind of be that weapon to match him up against some other people, and you might be able to get a few good plays from him. But being like that one-two guy, I just I don't really think he's effective, and I think that's a little bit of a chain reaction right now. Just like we're not really having that many legitimate weapons outside of Andrews. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson is getting involved, but you know what we need to see more from him is just you know can he be that red zone threat? if defenses are going to hone in on one or two guys on the defense, like, is he going to be that? Um, or, you know, is he feasting on these sort of, you know, defenses not focusing coverage on him? It kind of remains to be seen. That's where I think, you know, Gus comes back, Dobbins comes back. I think that will significantly help a red zone offense because I think that that will add a legitimate, like, okay, they can be able to hit those goal line runs. I have more success than maybe a Drake or a Hill or Davis, but you can also get them involved a little bit in the past game as well. Like they've, they are proven weapons in that field and they kind of just add a little bit more for defenses to be able to focus on. I think that will help open up things for other players. I just think right now it's really just Andrews. He's really the only guy that defenses have to focus on and just other guys aren't really getting those right opportunities to be able to make plays. But I honestly like, it is going to be a big problem. I think Bateman, Bateman's injury really just kind of made a domino effect here, and other guys have to step up. I think an- another injury, which we've alluded to already, that we're really hoping uh, is very short, is Ronnie Stanley. Uh, it was a very scary play when uh, Lamar fell on uh, – that, that was the injured ankle, right? It was the injured ankle. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it seems like it's not something that's going to keep him – out for too long but 
it's it's just such a, a an unfortunate reminder that this guy is it was a really major injury that he suffered and credit to him. You know, we were getting a little impatient with how long it took him to come back. He's came back and was absolutely his dominant self. And now we're on the question, watch again for when is he going to take back on the field? And, you know, McCary serviceable guy. Um, another, uh, success story by the Ravens of an undrafted player coming in and, and out vastly outperforming expectations being a, a, a good contributor to the line, but uh, it's just not the same. It's just not the same uh, without having Ronnie Stanley there, and we need him back there, and and hopefully he is because with all these other injuries that we're having, you really need the offensive line to be at their top game to to give the patchwork uh, skill position set a shot. So uh, really hoping for a speedy recovery for Stanley. I know every Ravens fan is, but we'll be awaiting the reports on his health with bated breath. I was definitely a little emotional when I saw him get rolled up on because I was just like, man, the same dang kind of play, same ankle, just like I can't fathom him having another injury like that to have to come back from, particularly after the way he was playing after such a, a long road. And luckily, Lamar, who was late to his, I don't know if he was technically late, but it took a while for him to do his presser after the game. It was good that he was able to, you know, joke about, oh, you know, he told me not to follow him next time, and like he's good. And Harbaugh reiterated that last night and this morning, the progress is looking like it's okay and everything, but they're doing MRI just to be safe. You know, hopefully everything's clear and he's able to play this week. And it's just like, all right, like let the swelling go down, whatever. But like, it's just a normal ankle tweak. It's not a ankle reiteration of the problem so yeah just it's it's definitely scary like you said like McCary while he's like a replacement level player uh or like starting level replacement not just like some random person to kind of replace and like it's we're really lucky to have him and have that kind of depth at tackle Uh, many teams have that uh but it's still not the place you want to be because this offensive line and offensive production really has gone up since we've seen the improved play of Stanley inserted. The one last thing I want to bring up at least is like likely bro. You got to like catch these balls or not pop them straight up into the air. So second week in a row where he's dropped a ball that went straight up in the air and like everyone's breath has to be held for a little bit. Not great. Like it's just one of those things where, where I feel like it's, I don't know if it's taught per se. I know I've always heard it. Like whatever you do, don't like let the ball, like don't bobble it up. You know what I mean? And yeah, it just, it was a scary moment and I don't want that to bite us later in the season. So I want to see him, uh, you know, just be that guy that catches balls and hauls them in, gets yards. Oh, one last thing too about likely, man, I have an idea. Like I, I, the reason I started looking at Ricard's contract and like posted in the chat is that I think we did that same wheel route concept with likely instead of Ricard like all the uh, gravity was going towards Mark Andrews on that play. And I think that would still work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he would still have that gravity, but you have a guy like likely with more speed and better hands, apparently after I just give crap for his hands, but like better hands, be able to get under that ball and catch it and, you know, make a dynamic play against a linebacker. I think it's a good matchup, a good uh, exploit, so to speak. And uh, I could see him 
being able to fill that role. And if his blocking keeps improving, I could see after next season, we let Ricard walk because we could save $4 million against the cap and then use him as more of an H-back uh, player. I mean, he's a whole different look than Ricard is right now. Uh, I admit, but like, it was just something I, yeah, I had um, earlier today. You trying to get rid of a card? Already? No, I'm not trying to get rid of a card. I knew this would be the next thing. <laughs> just, I'm just looking at it. He from did. The front he office. did miss a block. I was, I was gonna say he I, did. I feel he like did. A yeah. couple blocks. Like uh, he, he didn't get one, that catch but, either. He got. He got a gift. He could have gotten a, a pretty big, big one there at the beginning of the game. No, I mean, I, I feel like every every year people are trying to get rid of a card, and you know, I know, I know. There's, it's, he's a polarizing player. A lot of player. There's a lot of fans who are just like, man, he's just slowing down our offense. And then other people, people are saying like, man, he's so great in the run game. I'm kind of in the middle, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea. I like it, but I just also feel like the Ravens really like Ricard a lot too. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see in the future what they do with that. They are obsessed with Ricard. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Like I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just oh no no he certainly he certainly brings value to the offense. I I also think that the argument of you know too much Ricard uh, it, it doesn't make sense and the modern NFL has some weight as well. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but I think it's a good problem to have. A, a good problem to have when you have a unique player like that and uh, you know a guy who could maybe fit that role and, and make it a little more modern. You know so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens do there. I certainly think, though, that uh, that thought has has been on someone's mind in the building because I, I think it, there's a lot of sense to what you're you're posing there for the offense. It's about that time for MVPs, or, or, or should we anything for special teams before we do that? I, I was stunned that that uh, punt was actually able to get you know downed by the six yard line or whatever it was. And it wasn't a touchback. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that review worked. Just the, the Boger effect, you know? He can just... You, you can make him... It was like uh, something I will bring up in the bet show later this week of, like, reverse psychology, you know, coming out to work. <laughs> but uh, that was weird. I, I do want to say, like, Stout Man needs to play better. I feel like... Even though, like, it could have been the strategy to punt the ball, like, straight up in the air, get caught up in the wind, not go that far, and trap him at the 17-yard line or whatever... You know, he had touchbacks that were disappointing. And it just like, I don't have confidence when he's out there that he's going to make a punt, like an advantageous punt. Like right now, it's just like he is a punter that punts the ball. And I, I don't, I'm not excited to watch him punt. And I was, I was sold a bill of goods. And like we saw some preseason flashes of him being a punter that's going to excite and make difference making moves. And we're not seeing that consistently. Uh, and that's something I want to see improve because I think it's another X factor for this defense, so to speak, if he's able to flip fields and really bail out the offense. I'm okay with Stout. And here's why. I get what you're saying, but he's being coached up by the GOAT. And maybe I'm being a little <laughs> tongue-in-cheek there. But, I mean, you know, Sam Cook, I, I, I do th- am interested to see what he does with Stout because, you know, it took, it took Cook a few years, too. Uh, he was not... Uh, a very good punter and really honestly he was a very average punter until around 2014 was when he really uh, was able to elevate and and change his game um, so I, I think it's going to take some time with Stout he's a rookie just like other players so I, I I get the frustration with it but I'm I'm personally not not panicking at all with Stout I think he's going to be just fine all right so Stout's not getting your MVP all right 
then who is getting your MVP, Alec? I feel like we should go into that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of options I wrote down that I would be willing to give. I don't know if anyone had one that was really they really wanted to discuss before I go. I don't want to take. Just go guy. for it, man. Just pick. Just go guy. for it, man. Go for yeah, it. Money Marlowe. I like watching Money Marlowe be earn that paycheck. You know, I saw his new event centers opening up in Alabama. Good for him. And uh, you know, I just. I like watching the little goon yell and scream every time he makes plays and energize the team. So I appreciate his positional versatility to improve the defense overall by going on the inside when guys like Hamilton are, are unable to play. And yeah, just uh, he had a huge game. I think it's kind of quietly getting unnoticed in the NFL sphere that he's a top quarterback again and like having like a huge season. And that's fine by me. Yeah, I, I think the NFL as a whole is is sleeping on Marlon. He got uh, he got ridden a little too hard last year for the struggles that he had, and he's definitely not getting acknowledged enough for the huge bounce back that he's had. Um, I definitely agree with that MVP nomination, and I kind of hinted at mine already. Uh, again, not a guy who had a, a huge game, but uh, Brandon Stevens came in. Uh, he stepped up when Hamilton went out, uh, like. Alex said they shuffled the defense a bit, but still, you know, Stevens played his role well, and the defense didn't didn't lose their step. He wasn't uh, the weak link that the Panthers were able to exploit. Uh, so, uh, got to give the crops here to uh, props, I should say, not crops. I got no crops to give to Stevens, but I got props <laughs> to give to him uh, for <laughs> coming off the bench and and stepping up and helping hold the line for the Ravens' defense in a game where they really had no room uh, to give up any points. Interesting pick. Okay, I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have expected that. Um, I'm going to give mine to Demarcus Robinson because you take him away from this offense, and it looks a lot worse than <laughs> what it already was. So, um, yeah, it was definitely his best game as a Raven, and something I've been wanting to see for a couple of weeks now. Uh, and finally, kind of had that connection from Omar and was able to put up uh, some good numbers. Well, very cool. We'll have uh, our bets coming out later in the week. Enjoy your turkey day, but not quite yet because we will have. A preview show also coming out to talk about those Jaguars. And uh, if anyone's going to that game, have fun. Sounds like it might be nice to get that nice weather. Uh, presumably nice weather, I guess. But, uh, you know, it'll be a good game to observe against another bad team and see if the Ravens are able to give us a better taste in our mouth than they did after this game. You can find us on that uh, social media platform of questionable uh, staying power at One Winning Pod. <laughs> And you can also email us with that email provider that's not going anywhere. OneWinningPod at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the and week. YouTube. Oh, yeah, of course. YouTube, the, the yeah. video player that's not going anywhere. Owned by the same company <laughs> as the email client that's not going anywhere. <laughs> Real stable company. Uh, <laughs> you'll see us there later in the week. And we'll also have a history corner, I imagine, too. So stay tuned. And... Uh, We'll see you later this week. Go Ravens.